0: Block Talk Radio. Okay,
1: as always, or as usual, I'm having issues with my intro here on Block Talk Radio.
0: So let me try it one more time. If it's smooth jazz. <laughs>
1: then the jazz queen and mike reynolds are talking about it on talking smooth jazz if it's smooth jazz then the jazz queen and mike reynolds are talking about it on talking smooth jazz the smoothest show on internet radio your host, the jazz queen and mike reynolds
0: Hello and welcome to
1: Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, aka the Jazz Queen, along with Mike. Hey Mike, how are you? Hey, Terry, what's going on? Hi. How's it going there in DC?
2: Going okay. I'm sitting out here with my my, my babies and they eating burgers. That's about it. Oh well, tell uh, tell her I said hello.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> definitely will.
1: All right. Let me welcome to the chat room Joe from Germany. Hey, Joe, it's been a while since we've seen you. And Kathleen Walton. Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you for tuning in. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Click on Ken Navarro's picture. That will bring you into the show page. Below that is the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485. 646-716-5485. Ronald Jackson of the smooth dot com calls him the mastermind of melody. Guitarist Ken Navarro returns with a new release, Unbreakable Heart. Welcome back, Ken.
3: Hey, Hey, thanks for having me again, Terry and Mike. It's nice to be back with you guys.
1: So it's been six months since we talked to you last, Ken. we have to start I'm, meeting like this. People will start. I talking. know, I
3: know. I was thinking about that too. How nice you've been to have me on. I in back in January, I I you know released just a trilogy of songs, and you guys were nice enough to talk to me about it. And we just talked about Ruby Lane like seven or eight months before, which was my full album release from 2014. So here I am with a, a brand new full album, and it and it's really nice of you guys to have me on again.
1: Well, it's our pleasure. It is definitely our pleasure. As I said, the new CD is called Unbreakable Heart. So, Ken, what does this new release mean to you?
3: Well, for me, I've always felt like the whole journey with music and life, for that matter, and being a father has always been about trying to get better and better at whatever it is I'm doing. And, you know, sometimes the world throws all kinds of stuff at us. Some some of it... Um, just part of the way things are sometimes it feels very unfair but for me all this music as I was writing it all this new music it felt like there was a common theme somehow in it and and it started to uh, hit me that it was really about resilience and just about striving to, to overcome things and to just in general just get better at life and get for me a better musician and a better composer and so as usual i don't i usually don't have any names of songs until the album is almost done but as usual they started coming to me and even the song titles sort of had this unifying vision of of unbreakable and uh, my wife came up with the idea of of heart in fact she texted me on her way to work one day all i had was the word unbreakable and she said, no, no, I think it should be Unbreakable Heart. And she actually wrote that in a, um, you know, a text to me. And, and, and I just knew immediately that was the name of the record. It fit the music and it fit the way I it all felt to me.
1: Oh, well, that's good. Now, I want to let the, those in the chat room know that Ken is also in the chat room under Positive MU. Um, so you can chat with him um, along with uh, with the show here. So yeah. now... Unbreakable Heart, another full release for you, Um, was it hard to balance the guitar work um, and finding your voice in in the songs?
3: Um, No, not really, because even though these songs have all kinds of instrumentation, and I used all kinds of instruments, um, the guitar is always kind of the singer to me, and so right from the beginning of when I'm writing a new piece of music, I'm always aware of what the guitar's role is going to be. And and to me, melody is everything, you know, you can have the greatest arrangement, the most exciting groove happening, but if you don't have some kind of a, a melody that just, for me anyway, captivates me, um, then, you know, it, it's not happening. And so the the guitar is always what's going to be that, that melodic element. So, uh, no, it came pretty easy on this record, probably a little easier than usual for a change.
1: And do you have any favorite tracks?
3: That's a hard one. Um, you know, I work so hard at every song being being like it's got to be there, and there's a lot of stuff people never hear because it never leaves my studio. I just don't think it's strong enough. I guess on this one, for sentimental reasons, the the first song at radio, which is already moving into the top ten, which is called Juliet, that's a favorite of mine because I wrote it for my first granddaughter who was born um, literally two weeks before I wrote the song, So, and her name's Julie. Well, her name's Julie. We call her Julie, but Juliet is her full name. And so that, that one's very close to my heart. And then um, there's another song on the album called One Night in Mumbai that uh, is kind of cool because I I really got into listening to via, via a lot of movies. Uh, You know, our world is getting smaller and smaller and it's easier and easier now to hear music from all over the world. And I, one night, I just got captivated by all this Indian pop music, uh, you know, from the country India, and and I just started coming up with ways of how I could incorporate contemporary jazz and my guitar into that kind of context, and so One Night in Mumbai represents something quite different for me, yet it sounds exactly like me, and if I can say that. Um, so, yeah, those, those are a couple favorites, and then I... I there's another song called um until we meet again um that came out really great and I, I i had like a really nice uh string quintet parts that i came up with that i was really pleased how that and my guitar worked together so but it's i'll tell you Terry it's hard for me because i i every song is like giving birth for me so so it's hard <laughs> to pick a favorite if you know what i mean mm-hmm.
2: okay well wow. um yeah uh, now I, I wanted to ask you, can um, with the release of this one, what was the process of you um, coming into this, knowing that you just released one not too long ago? I mean, yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely, Mike. That's a great question because when I released those three, and I can't remember exactly what I said in our conversation back in. January I think it was but my intent was to release a group of trilogies you know Hope mm-hmm. Joy Strength was going to be the first and I was going to do another and then another one that would complete a full record but I I just started writing and I I don't know it just started to come out of me in a way that I could tell it was it was about a whole record and so um you know and then that begs the question which maybe is where you're going with your question too? What about those three songs? You know, are the, and and I I decided after a lot of thought that the song Hope, uh, which led off that trilogy, really worked in the context of this album, in the context of Unbreakable Heart, and so I found a way to include that, but I left the other two songs, Joy and Strength, kind of as a unique thing to that trilogy, and maybe I'll do something like that again. I don't know. Um, but, um, yeah, it, this this one just came out uh, the, as a whole separate from that trilogy with the exception of, you know, including Hope in it as well because I, I just felt like it fit.
0: Mm.
1: Now, on this... CD Unbreakable Heart, you did a song called Robin Fly Away. It's a tribute mm-hmm. song to Robin Williams, and yep. I'm going to play that one first. I think you're the first artist that we've interviewed since Robin's passing that has mm-hmm. done a, a tribute song to him. Um, tell me about this song.
3: Yeah, this one was another one that that just, you know, it was kind of hard to write almost. Um, when, when he died, I, I was shocked, as I'm sure you guys were, and and you could tell on Facebook, it's one of the really cool things about social media, you could see that his appeal was just so across the board and that you weren't the only one. I wasn't the only one who felt like, wow, what a, you know, not just a tragedy, but I felt like a part of me had been pulled out of me a little bit, and uh, somehow he had a way of making you feel that way not only in his comedy but just in his acting and so I I really wanted to write something that expressed that but also tried to put it in a hopeful way Um, and um, you know the idea of something that uh, conveyed that without sounding uh, you know tragic or or really broken up about it was what I was going for I wanted it to have a positive feeling And then at the very end of the song, I wrote what in music is called a coda. It's like a part of the song that's put on only at the end. And I wanted that coda to suddenly be filled with all these guitar parts that almost sounded like you were releasing, you know, a dozen or three dozen balloons in the air at the end of the song, Mm -hmm. as if some Robin was flying away and going to a better place. And so, um, you know, that's, that's, that's where that song came from.
1: All right, we're talking to guitarist Ken Navarro about his new release, Unbreakable Heart. Um, This first song is called Robin Fly Away, and it's a tribute to Robin Williams. That was Robin Fly Away from Ken Navarro's new release, Unbreakable Heart. Ken, I have a couple of phone calls for you. Uh, sure. First up is Karina from the U.K. Hi,
3: Karina.
4: Hello. <laughs> Hi, Ken.
3: Hi, Karina. I finally get to hear your voice.
4: Yeah, thank <laughs> we, you. <laughs> you I I
3: Karina to and to I you. communicate sometimes on Facebook, but, you know, yeah. it, it, it's it's always different to hear someone's voice.
4: Yeah, I just wanted to give you my support and call you uh, from the UK. So, well, it's it's 9:15 p.m. in the UK. So. Oh wow, that's
3: right. Five hours later, that's right. Well, Karina, <laughs> yeah. thank you, thank you for your early support. Uh, you and Steve, Stevie, were two of the first people i think to get a copy of the uh, of the brand yeah. new album so that was nice yeah, we, you were list yeah, you've we, been listening to it for a couple months now i think
4: yeah yeah it's it's great so, But uh, i've been your fan since 1998 so um it's wow. one of oh, your uh, cd's yeah oh that's I, great
3: um, oh that's always nice to hear you know it's funny i i definitely think about people like you Karina who have been listening to my music for a long time whenever I make new music because I, I never want to repeat myself. I'm always trying to do something new that still sounds like me but, but give somebody yeah. like you who's been listening for a long time something yeah. different to listen to.
4: Yeah, before the, the new well, the the new musicians or the new artists come so um yeah you you were already there so <laughs> yeah,
3: that's, <laughs> that's, that's right. Too i hope I hope to get to to London sometimes to play at Pizza Express. I've heard that's a yeah, great place yeah, to play we
4: all, yeah, we all want you on behalf of all the u k fans yeah, we are all uh, ready, so we can wait so, yeah for you tell, come tell, to come to the to europe really. I would love uh-huh. to, to,
3: to tell tell whoever. Uh, brings the musicians over there that, that to Pete's Express. That I'm already yeah. just call. Just let me know, I'm there.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we will do something. So we we all love you. So um, oh, yeah, that's yeah, nice. That's great. Thank and
3: thank yeah, you very yeah. much. That's really nice of you to say that.
4: Oh, okay. Yes. No problem, Ken. and Thank you for for having this uh, the interview. So I know you're more than twenty um, albums. So that that's really cool. So. Um,
3: Oh, uh, well, thanks, yeah. It's really nice to get to talk to yeah. you on the
4: phone. <laughs> oh, no problem. Thank yeah, you, you so much for calling in. Here. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you, Ken.
3: Bye, Karina. Bye. Thank you.
4: Bye, Karina. Bye, love. Bye. Wow, all the way from the U.K. Bye, bye.
1: Bye, bye. Okay, up next is Wanda. Hey, Wanda.
0: Hi, Terry.
3: Hey, hey Wanda. Hi. How are you? Hi. You, you and I could be. Could be like five minutes away from each other, right? <laughs> we're close. We really,
0: we really are, because I'm in Glen Burnie.
3: <laughs> it's funny because we're just, you know, I was just talking to Karina, who's who's in the UK, at which is. Very far away, and you and I could hop in a car and meet halfway and have have something to eat. (laughs) We sure (laughs) can. nice of of you to call in, Wanda. You, too, were somebody who purchased Unbreakable Heart way before the release date, which is so... Yes. I love that, and I love... You You are such a great supporter of of jazz, and you've been a great supporter of my music for a long time, too, and I just... It's great to have a chance to say thank you directly to you. Well,
0: Ken, you you know... I have every CD that you have. <laughs>
3: man, oh man! You see that? I, you probably heard me telling Karina that's that's what keeps me constantly trying to expand what I'm doing, um, because I I think of, of of a listener like you who knows full well if I ever repeat myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm I don't want to. I always want to sound like me, you know, and take it to the next. Place, but I, I just—it's always really important to me to 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 have a listener like you. Go. This is good. This is different. This this is this is hopefully oh, yes. even better than what it, what he what he did last time. You know. Yes, because you know when
0: you did um, when you did the CD with um, Ruby Lane. Oh my. Oh sure, yeah,
3: just last year, yeah.
0: Yes, I played that probably for a week on repeat.
3: Wow. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. I love hearing yes. that.
0: Yes, yes. Well, you keep up the good work, and you know I'm your one of your number one fans. And uh,
3: that, you know, and Wanda, if, if it works out in your busy schedule, I think I'm going to be playing a show um, at the Gordon Center in Owings Mill, which is in our neck of the woods, uh, on November 28th. Maybe, maybe if it works out and you can attend, I think I think um, well, okay. there's there's a couple people doing it. I'm not. Uh, it's not just me. And I'm, my, I'm okay. having one of those senior moments at the moment. But it would be great to get a chance to see you again.
0: Well, great. Well, i tell you what. You just make sure you post it on Facebook, and I will I, make sure I'm there.
3: Oh, right. That sounds great, One, I'll look forward to seeing you.
0: Well, it's good talking to you. And
3: you yeah, and you, you too. Thank, to you. Thanks for taking the time to call in and, and keep enjoying this great weather we're having.
0: Oh, I know it's lovely today. Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> it's going to get hot again, though. Yes. <laughs> but today, it today it's uh, only 82. It's just beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to get hot back in the 90s next week or something.
3: That's but what they that's, That Yeah, you too. Have a great rest of the weekend.
0: You do the same. And it was always great talking Thank with you again, Cherry, as always.
1: Thank you, Wanda.
0: All right. Well, you all have a good day. A good... Talk with you later.
1: Thank you. You too. You too, Wanda. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. All right. So, Ken, uh my next question to you is what image do you think your music conveys?
3: Well, you know, I I I people tell me <laughs> people aren't shy in telling me what they think. Uh I think a lot mm-hmm. of it conveys um an image of something peaceful and something warm. I hope it does, you know, for some people that's kind of an image I think of just a, a beautiful sunset on a beach. That's a that's a great image if it's doing that. I hope it I hope it is. I think for other people they hear some of the some of the citified things that are in my music. Um, you know, I grew up on that. I grew up in Washington D.C. in the '60s, and so my music has got one foot in the door of all the the rock stuff that was happening then. Uh, and then another foot in the door of all all the what we used to call soul music that was happening then. And uh, so I, I always feel like I have one foot in the door of the suburbs and one foot in the door of the city because of how and where I grew up. And so I think for some people they hear some of that, that influence as well. There's a song on the new album called Frenchman Street um, that I wrote after a, a, a visit to New Orleans, um, and I was really trying to capture some of that, funky, natural, organic thing that you can only get in New Orleans. Um, so, you know, sometimes I think it conjures up those kinds of images as well.
1: Okay. All right. Now, um, I'm going to play the next song. Um, and this is one of the songs uh, that I, I really like on this release, Unbreakable mm-hmm. Heart. It's called, what you just mentioned, Frenchman Street. Um, ah, Cool yeah yeah I really like that one uh yeah, so I'll have go you ahead ever played
3: that okay Carrie, have sorry, you ever been ahead. to New Orleans? I was going to ask you if you'd ever been to New Orleans? I have not yeah you gotta go you gotta go it's it's just so unique to to the United States, but Frenchman Street is where all the real music is happening. And my introduction to Frenchman Street, once I got there, it was one of the first places I wanted to go, of course. But when I got there was there was this group of teenagers playing on the street that were so good and there was like a hundred people just gathered around you couldn't draw. i had to get out of the cab because you couldn't go any farther because there were so many people in the street listening to these like 17 or 18 year olds that were like a brass band but funky as all get out and uh anyway that was the thing that inspired this song we're about to listen to frenchman street
1: all right here we go
3: Street. Thank you, Terry. Yeah, yeah. I it like always that rem- Whenever I hear that groove start up, it just reminds me mm-hmm. so much of that night, which was like just exciting, you know. And I, I remember, you know, there's a uh, like an electric guitar solo in the middle of the song, and I, I, as I was listening, I, I, I remembered. I recorded that at like one in the morning, and I had to, I had to be careful because. The only way to get the guitar to sound quite like that is you have to have a little volume on the amplifier. <laughs> I was trying to make sure that nobody was out in the street that I might be waking up. So uh, <laughs> that, that, that was I played that solo like one. I, normally I take like a half hour to record something like that. I think I did it twice because I was afraid I was going to have the police at my door <laughs> if, I, if I went on too long. So that was has, has a certain edge to it and a certain energy that I think came from doing it then.
1: Mm-hmm. Joe from Germany in the chat room is, uh, is posting some really nice um comments. Um the one uh, about the robin um uh, fly robin I'm oh, sorry. Oh yeah, I see robin what he fly said. Away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said amazing That's really nice. illustration. Yeah. Listening to Ken's music always means expecting the unexpected. This really shows all aspects of Robin's life. Great post. And then about this song, Frenchman Street, wow, I can really imagine that vibrant city listening to the music. Music is an art, and this track can even replace pictures. That is a great comment.
3: Those are great. I love both of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, the beauty of jazz is that it's got that great combination of you know when it's played right of being tight and really well put together but at the same time loose like anything could happen and he captured that pretty well with the way he described those songs i think
1: yeah great post uh joe great post yeah so,
3: thank you so now
1: joe. ken are there any crazy behind the scenes stories that you can share with us doing the recording of unbreakable heart
3: well you know it it this was this was an album where um you know for the, for the last 10 or 15 years i i always make complete what i call demos of new music as i write it and over the years as i would bring those demos um to the musicians that i would hire to replace some of my parts some of you know some of the background parts they would they would more and more say why are you having me play i mean it sounds pretty good the way it is and i'd say oh no no you guys you'll add so much to it and, and and I always felt like they did. And with this album, I approached it that same way, except that as the songs came together, I was just feeling like, man, this is exactly how I want it to sound. you Because know? as a composer, you sometimes are trying to communicate your ideas to musicians, and that can be difficult. And so, um, one of the things that makes this album unique was that I don't really have too many backstories because I played every single sound on this instrument myself. Uh I excuse okay. me, every single sound on this album, every instrument you hear I played myself. And so, um, you know, aside from it being kinda lonely sometimes <laughs> um, you know, I don't have some of the usual stories I have when I'm bringing in other musicians.
1: Okay. All right. Okay, the next song is uh Jocko Smiled. Tell me about mm, this. One. I'm
3: glad you're playing that one. Yeah, Jocko Smiled was uh another song that was written um in tribute many, many years after his passing, but in tribute to uh the bassist Jocko Pastorius who uh among other things played with Weather Report on all their, their big hits and he had a lot of really great soul albums of his own and he also did some really beautiful things with on Joni Mitchell's records, but Jocko, he just changed the whole definition of what bass could be in jazz, especially electric bass. And um, but you know, like all great musicians, what made him special was not just his virtuosity and the way that he pioneered a whole other approach to playing bass and jazz. It was that everything he did had so much soul and so much heart in it. And I really wanted to, so many years after his passing, pay tribute to him. And that hence the title, Jocko Smiled. You know, uh, again, a positive thing. I remember, and it was a lot of years ago, I remember where I was the night I heard that he died. It was like 1989. And I was actually playing a concert in L.A. with a bunch of musicians who had worked with him Um one of them who worked with him in weather report, and so after after our um our concert, Alex and I walked to his car together, and he just told me all these Jocko stories, so many of which had to do with what he was like before he got into drugs and alcohol and before whatever mental illness issues he had happened and uh, they were all such good memories and so Jocko smiled i you know I wanted to pay tribute to the great musician he was, but also to the really Soulful you, a person that he was as well.
1: Mm, good story. All right, Jacko smiled. <laughs> That was called Jocko Smiled from Ken Navarro's new release, Unbreakable Heart. Doing some nice tribute there, Ken.
3: Thanks, Terry. <clears throat> yeah, he mm. he deserved it. And I, it's hard for me to believe that it's been over 25 years since he passed away, but his influence you ask any bass player. <laughs> I, I have a couple of young students. And when I say young, they're like in their twenties and man, they mm-hmm. know Jocko's music inside and out. You know, they, he asked him, his influence hasn't changed at all. Uh, and, you know, the other thing I, I've just always noticed that musicians in general, jazz musicians in general, just are very familiar with, uh, with what he, what he did and, and still listen to him quite a bit. So, Hopefully, that that song will, Mm. you know, touch a chord with a lot of people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, now, um, when you're going to a session, how many guitars do you bring, and how do you know which sound you're going to go for before you get there?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, When I lived in L.A., I, I did a lot of recording sessions for other people's records and for all TV shows, whatever. And when I went to recording sessions like that, I brought almost everything that I owned that could conceivably use, to, you know, different kinds of electric guitars, acoustic guitars, like the nylon string guitars that I play on my own records, but steel string guitars, even 12 strings. And I even, believe it or not, have a mandolin and a banjo that I can play. Um, and so when I went to those sessions, I didn't know what they might put in front of me, you know. they, they, mm-hmm. You just they put the music in front of you and, and, and it was, yeah, they knew what they wanted, but they rarely told you until you were there. And then sometimes they changed their mind. So you had to kind of have an arsenal of all sorts of things. Now, just recently, somebody hired me to play on a couple tracks, feature featured tracks on, on their new album that is in the pro, in process. And on that, they knew exactly what they wanted. You know, they, they had very strong ideas. And so, uh, I knew that I only needed to bring kind of my basic three guitars, which I have a Fender Strat. Uh, that, that's the electric guitar that I used on that that Distortion guitar solo on Frenchman Street. And I bring my main nylon string. I have a couple nylon strings, one an acoustic t- uh, nylon string made by a company called Takamini, and then another that's like an electric acoustic made by a Canadian company called Goten. And then I, I th- for that particular session, I knew that they wanted... The sound they might want like a George Benson, West Montgomery kind of electric guitar sound. So I brought a really old Gibson um, uh, model number 175. That's like a what I guess you'd call a fat body, you know, like George Benson plays sometimes with the F holes. Uh, and I ended up actually using that for a solo on one of the songs. So sometimes you know exactly what people want, and it's easy to bring just what you need. And then other times. Like all those recording sessions I did when I lived in Los Angeles, you gotta you bring a whole closet full of things, you know. Um, and you never know what, what they might want.
2: What's the old guitar you have? I was gonna ask you, um I know that you know, you you will a Will traveled uh, musician and everything, uh Kim, mm-hmm. but now you have your own studio as well. And I do. with that being said, are you producing anybody else out
3: no, here I'm not now? Pro- No, I'm I'm not, although, you know, I've done a couple side projects this year where I've worked on helping people do some mixing of their albums, some tracks on their album, and then as I was just mentioning to Terry, uh, I played on a couple um, tracks for a couple different artists. Um, They wanted to feature me on on a few tracks. And many times I'm able to use my own studio. I, I really, frankly, at this point, I just... Preferred to do that um, because I know I can always get exactly my sound, you know, in my own studio. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm doing this now for 20 over 25 years. I've gotten pretty good at engineering. You know, there's some skills that you just get better from repetition. Um, So yeah, having my own studio is just, oh man, I can't tell you how great it is just to try out ideas, but also to know that I'm always going to. Record myself the way I, the best I think it can sound. Because sometimes, you know, you go into other studios, even really good studios, and they get a real quick and I call it a quick and dirty sort of a a a, a, a sound quality with my guitars. And I'm I'm very, as you can imagine, I'm very picky about it. Um, <laughs> especially something you know they're gonna you're gonna record and it's gonna be there theoretically forever. And I, I just always want it to be as good as it can be. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot
2: of people don't know. I know we probably mentioned it before, but uh, Ken is the producer uh, for Earth Duration's debut CD. So, you know, yeah, the Earth yeah. mm-hmm. one, his first CD. So a lot of people... I not know that. I think you did Eric's first two cities,
3: as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. Eric is, you know, I just, I have a podcast of my own that I do occasionally. And one of the things I started doing earlier this year was interviewing some of my favorite contemporary jazz musicians. And I interviewed Eric on the podcast. And and it was so great, you know, because when I met him, he was so young. Mike, he was like maybe 19 years old. Um, he was so young that he'd never been away from home for any length of time. And uh, I remember his mom calling me and saying, um, you know, you don't feel like you have to just make him what he wants to eat. It was <laughs> just, you know, it's just so, <laughs> so different for him to be staying in someone else's because he lived with us for two weeks. Um, and uh, But anyway, so now, of course, he's a grown man and he's so accomplished. and But he has that same wonderful quality he had when we were recording his early work of being really confident but really humble all at the same time. Um yeah. frankly frankly that's a unique combination. <laughs> you know, sometimes people who are real uh humble they they they're a little tentative in their playing and of course that's the last thing Eric is Uh, And then other times, you know, other times people who are real confident they're sort of hard to be around, you know, because they're so sure of themselves. But Mm -hmm. Eric has got that perfect blend of the two, and uh, it was so great to catch up with him. And we, you know, we did. I think we were going to talk for an hour, and we ended up talking for an hour and a half on the podcast because we both just was great to to hang out and do, you know, again and and kind of get reacquainted after all these years. That's cool. Very cool.
1: Okay. So, Ken, um, what advice would you give your younger self about the guitar if you had the chance? <laughs> yeah.
3: And you mean me, me, if I could go back and talk to myself when I was like in my yes. 20s? That, yeah. Wow. That. You know what, Terry? You just asked me a question nobody has ever asked me, so I have to <laughs> think for a minute. Um, I think I would say uh, to slow down don't worry about impressing anybody just try to play things that are you hear in your head and are completely from your heart and don't worry about you know uh, other musicians uh thinking that you you play fast enough or complicated enough just just play things that you can you can hear in your head and you can sing because when i was younger if if you could hear and thankfully not too many recordings exist of me back then. I played very well, mm-hmm. but I played a lot of notes. Um and uh I think a lot of those notes were it wasn't that they were wrong notes, it was just that they weren't the, the the best notes. And so I if I could go back, I would have tried to start doing that a little bit earlier. And that's kind of what I tell any the few students that I have now as well because Most of them play quite well, and they're professional musicians, and they're out gigging and everything, but they're still kind of playing for their fellow musicians instead of playing for their fellow man, if you know what I mean. Um, So I guess that's what I'd say. I hope that's a good answer. I've I've never thought about that, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's a great answer, great answer. And what are some of the artists that you're listening to right now that your fans might be surprised you like?
3: Oh, that's a, another great question. Well, there's certain people I just never stop listening to, and some of them would surprise people because they don't necessarily come out in my music. One of them is John Coltrane. Um, just the other day, I was listening to one of his live versions of My Favorite Things um, and another album of his called The Love Supreme, which is like a masterpiece of his. I just keep coming back to that. I listen to a fair amount of, of um classical music, but things that are pretty modern and things that have a lot of, Mm -hmm. I guess you might say, jazz influences in them. Um, uh, I listened to some, what is called, and I think it's wrongly called this, uh, minimalistic modern classical music like Philip Glass and Steve Reich. There's a song on Unbreakable Heart that's influenced by those things called Kelly's Island. Um, which is a song that I wrote with six guitars and six flutes, and they convey everything: all the rhythm, all the harmony, um, and of course all the melody. And those, that comes directly from listening to Philip Glass and Steve Reich and people like that. And then I, I, I guess you know my roots in in the R and B music of the '60s and the '70s, they they run really deep. And I, I ran, you know, as you maybe did. I went right away to see the the, the James Brown uh, movie that came out about six months ago, and it just sort of launched me going back into all those records, which are just some incredible grooves going on. Uh, and then you know I'm I, I I still go back to like a lot of Sly Sly and the Family Stone stuff, which continues to I find inspiration in those things even if they don't come out directly in my music so uh you know my my main thing that i try to do more of because i don't do enough is listen to current things i just find there's so much great music from so many genres over the past you know hundred years that i i i just keep finding stuff there you know and a lot of the newer things um i don't know they just kind of sound derivative to me and not all together that original. But I know good stuff is out there and um, you know, I I, I just I I try to look a little bit harder for it. I I spent some time recently uh, getting familiar with a, a a group that is called, I guess they're a fusion jazz group called Snarky Puppy. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Yeah. Uh, and have, they're amazing, yeah. amazing. Their their keyboardist Bill Lawrence put out a solo record last year that I just fell in love with. So, you know, I do my best to try to hear what's going on, but it's it's tough. You know, there's so much great music, and frankly, I'm I spend so much of my time composing my own music that I I don't want to be too influenced by other things, you know. I don't. I mm-hmm. want to. I want to just be able to kind of get get a piece of it to throw into my own stew, you know, to keep my own mm-hmm. stew uh, vibrant and, and and evolving. But I don't want to listen too hard to any one thing, or I'm afraid I'll start doing that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> All uh, right. So the, now. Um... Can we expect another release from you in the next
0: 6 months?
3: Are you working on new music? <laughs> Man, you you're you're working me now. Um I don't I have not even started to write any new music. I'm I've been in the okay. you know, I'm kind of a I do everything when it comes to these releases. I have a distributor, both in the the digital and and also a distributor for CDs, but I do all my own radio promotion, all my own marketing. And so my attention for the past few months, and I imagine for the next couple months, will just be to continue to make sure that people know about this record and that it continues to go up the radio charts so that people hear it. For me, it's all about people knowing that this album is out there and that it's unique and, and I think very, very, um, uh, strong. And so I just want people to find out about it probably sometime in October or November. I'll, I'll start writing again because I'll just have too many ideas that I need to to put down in the studio. And, but I don't think, I think it'll probably be a year before the next album comes out. It's hard to say, but, um, it takes me (laughs) usually almost six months just to, just to get it all written, you know? So mm-hmm. I'll try, Terry. I'll try to get one out soon. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I've, 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 I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. All
1: right. No problem. All right. Let everyone know where they can find Unbreakable Heart and where they can find you on the web.
3: Oh, thank you. Um, it's You know, the CD is available in all the usual places, Amazon, um, CD Universe, Barnes & Noble. It's at a lot of stores you know, what's left of the uh retail, you know, stores, um it's out there. Uh in in different cities, different stores are carrying it. And then of course it's on iTunes and a lot of other any any place that sells digital downloads. Uh and then my website, uh which is my name Ken Navarro K E N N A V A R R O dot com. And what's unique about um you know getting it at my website is if you buy a cd i'll sign it to you exactly how you want it signed and um and you know that's uh you can get you can buy a uh, download at the website as well but and i encourage people to go to the website i just redesigned it about uh 6 weeks ago and it has a really nice look now and it it works great on smartphones which as you probably know not all websites do but i made sure mm-hmm. that when you go to the store in there or when you're just reading the bio or listening to samples that everything looks and plays easily on on, on a smartphone.
1: Okay. And it's all uh is also where you can listen to Ken's podcast. So check those out as
3: well. Right, that's all right. And it's Mike on you have iTunes
2: oh. okay, No, I right. know I'm good with the questions, yeah. But uh listen, Ken it's been nice talking to you again. Always a pleasure talking to you and uh, hearing your music. And everything uh, definitely got to get out. Uh, definitely, you know, see you or so like you could because you're right in the area. You know, you, you're yeah, you're, yeah, you're a hometown. Uh,
3: yeah, I was I was telling Wanda who called in earlier that I'm going to be doing a concert um, at the Gordon Center, which is in uh, Owings Mill, Maryland, uh, in November 28th. So yeah, if it if it works out in your busy schedule, because I know you got a lot of stuff going on, uh, come on, come on down and be, be wonderful to, to see you and spend some time with you too.
2: Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely.
3: Good to see you. Yeah, all right, thank yeah, you, as I,
1: always. It's been a pleasure. Oh, sorry. Oh,
3: my pleasure, Terry and Mike. Thanks again for having me, and especially because we, you know, you just had me on the show about six months ago, and you're you're very kind and generous with your time to have me on again with Unbreakable Heart.
2: Well, as long as you keep making oh, that good no. music, you know, that's what we're we're here for to
3: keep exposing uh, I, the
2: artists to all this music. Yes.
3: Well, musicians mm-hmm. like me are lucky to have folks like you who, who are so driven by the music, and and, and and I really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It's been our pleasure. Thank yeah. you, and congr- uh, good luck to you on this new release.
3: Thank you very much, Terry, and continued success with Talking Smooth Jazz.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You have a good day.
3: Okay, you too, Terry. Bye-bye. Bye, Mike. All right. Bye. Jeff.
1: All right, that was guitarist Ken Navarro. His new release is called Unbreakable Heart. You'll find it on his website, kennavarro.com, dot com, Amazon and iTunes, so check that out. All right, Mike, what's happening in the D M V area? We have some concerts coming up.
2: Um, well we got of course we got Andre Delano coming up on October the eighth, which is another one of our productions. Uh we have um my main man Tony Exxon Junior, he's coming back to the D M V in November, and uh, Lynn Roundtree and Nicholas Cole, uh, two-thirds of Generation Next, they'll be here in November as well. And, uh, yeah, and uh, last night I know we had Luke James here last night, uh, the singer, Luke James, he was here at the Birchmere last night. Uh, we have a lot of okay. different things coming up. We have um, Foreplay coming to the Birchmere uh, in the future, Peace of a Dream. So there's going to be a lot of shows coming up very, very shortly in the DMB.
1: Yeah, same here in Vegas. We have—I uh, just saw Vincent and Gala um, Thursday night. Uh, Marcus Anderson will be here next week, and then also Brian Culberson, Nicole Leone, Mesa, Naturally Seven. Um, so we got a whole host of artists coming to the Las Vegas area. So if you're going to be in the D.M.V. area or the Las Vegas area in the last next few months, come on out and check out these concerts. Our concerts, um, the Talking Smooth Jazz Entertainment Present Concerts, all of the information is on the website, Talkingsmoothjazz.com, under TSJ Events. So check that out. All the tickets are on sale for these concerts. So come on out and support. All right. Yes. Thanks to those in the chat room. I'm sorry, do you have something else to say? No, uh, no, that no, no, that's it, no. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something else. All right. Thanks to the chat for those in the chat room for joining us. A Joe from Germany. Always good to see you, Joe and Ollie. I'm Kathleen, thank you for hanging out. Um the guests that were there, thank you as well. Ken, thanks for hanging out in the chat room as well. All right, Mike, you still have Jordan with you? Yes, I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah tell her i said hello you guys enjoy your day and i'm going to say goodbye you've been listening to talking smooth jazz with your host jazz queen
2: and mike reynolds
1: and we look forward to talking smooth jazz with you again next time until then keep it smooth thank you for listening to talking smooth jazz please visit our website